Thanks, Andy. Good to see you all this morning. We are starting a new teaching series on Sunday mornings. Um, It's called Gifted for Purpose. I don't know if you think of yourself as being a gifted person. Maybe that's, maybe if you did, I don't know if that's a good thing to think actually, it's a bit sort of big-headed maybe, uh, to think of yourselves being gifted, because I guess we normally think of people as being gifted, you know, that's always other people, isn't it? And maybe exceptional people, you know, super, superstars, you know, someone who's a gifted writer or artist or musician or, or sports person. But what we're going to see in this series is that God says that all Christians are gifted. If you, if you put your trust in Jesus, God says you are gifted. You are gifted. And God has given gifts to each one of us so that we can live out the purposes that God has for us in the church and in the world around us to do the good things that he wants us to do. And this series, it very much follows on from our John 15, uh, Why Am I Here? series that we've, that we've just had. If you've been around at church for that, then uh, you'll, I guess you'll sort of know what I'm talking about. As Christians, we are connected to Jesus. We've got his life flowing through us, just like a branch connected to a grapevine. And we're called to be fruitful out of that, out of what God is doing in us. We're created for purpose. We're created for influence. And a really important way that God enables us to be fruitful, to live with purpose, is through giving gifts to us. Spiritual gifts, gifts of the Spirit, as the Bible calls them. And that's what we're going to be looking at on Sundays between now and just after Easter. How can we understand and value spiritual gifts better? Maybe for some of you, you're going to be thinking, what on earth are you talking about? Maybe for others of us, the danger is more that we think, actually, I, I know all about that. And we've just decided, actually, I know, I know my gift, I know w- w- what I do, and that's that. But actually, a really important thing that we're going to see, and it, it will keep coming up, is it says in the Bible that we should eagerly desire spiritual gifts. And we want to be open to God. I want to be open. It's challenged me, actually, thinking about this? Am I someone who just says, no, I don't have that gift, or I can't do that, or I just do what I do? No, we want to say, actually, God, have you, got, have you got things you want me to do that I don't currently do? Have you got better ways of me serving others? Are there things you want me to discover and grow in and step into? Maybe for some of us here, we've been disappointed in the past about how things have worked out in this kind of area. Things that you wanted to do, And it didn't really work out. Maybe gifts you wanted God to give you, and he didn't. Maybe you felt not valued, and that kind of thing. Maybe for you, it's that actually you're at a stage of life where you feel more limited. You can't do the things that you used to do. While I still believe these things are true, that God has got a purpose for each one of us. He's got gifts. He has given us. He wants us. There's a way in which he wants us to serve him, serve in the church, serve in the world around us, do good through us, through these spiritual gifts. So let's be open as we come to these things. But the main thing we're going to be looking at uh, in this series is 1 Corinthians chapters 12 to 14. We're going to be looking at the first part of that as a bit of an introduction 
this morning. And just to say a little bit about 1 Corinthians, if you don't know much about it or anything about it, it's a letter written by Paul, an apostle, an early church leader, to Christians in the first century, a place called Corinth, which is in Greece. And the funny thing is, the really helpful thing actually for us is these Christians in Corinth were getting so many things wrong at the time about spiritual gifts. So Paul ends up writing quite a lot to them about them, partly to correct their, their mistakes and get them back on the right track. There's more here in uh, 1 Corinthians 12 to 14 about spiritual gifts than there is in any other part of the New Testament. These Christians, they were misunderstanding them. They were misusing them. They were not using them to live out their purpose in God's. But we're going we're gonna to follow through and just learn, you know, wh- what are they? What are they for? And uh, particularly think about that as we start this morning. Just worth mentioning, Worth mentioning a couple of books that we'd recommend if you read books, if you like to read books, and you find that a helpful way of just sort of furthering your your knowledge and getting to grips with things. Uh, One book is one called Beginner's Guide to Spiritual Gifts by Sam Storms. We've mentioned it in church in the past. Really good one. It focuses particularly on the gifts that are going to mention this morning, the, the ones in 1 Corinthians 12, 1 to 11. Nine spiritual gifts. They're pretty more unusual, if you like, or the more controversial uh, uh, to some Christians' gifts. It particularly focuses on those. Another book, I found it really helpful, um, and some of you know Andrew Wilson as well. He's got, a, it looks, a commentary on 1 Corinthians. It's not a he- not thick, heavy book. It's not for uh, sort of bookworms, academic people. It's just a very everyday book, just goes through 1 Corinthians, it, it covers the section we're doing, it does cover the whole of the letter as well, but I found it really helpful the way that he goes through and explains the section that we're going to be looking at. So let's read, let's read 1 Corinthians 12, 1 to 11, and um, it goes like this. Now about gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans... Somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to dumb idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord's. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them, And in everyone it is the same God at work. Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another a message of knowledge by means, by means of the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and still to, and, and to still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. Let me just pray uh, for a moment. Lord, I do pray that you would help us 
to understand what you want to say to us this morning. Please speak to us. Please open our hearts. Help us to have open hearts wherever we're at this morning to just take in what you want to say to us and know what to do in the light of that. In Jesus' name, amen. So I suppose the first question is, in general, what are the gifts? What are the gifts? Verse 7, really important verse. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Includes a few really important ideas, which I guess we're going to hold on to as we go through this series. It includes the idea that gifts are for every Christian. So it says to each one. To each one. And, it, and also that they are manifestations of the Spirit. It's a bit weird. Sounds a bit um, spooky, but it's not. Really, it's just saying that the gifts show and display the power and work of God through the Holy Spirit. He gives them, he works through them, he is behind them. And he does that, thirdly, for the common good. For the common good, for everyone's benefit in the church. These gifts, they're not just for you. In fact, they're mainly for other people. And we'll say more about that a bit later. Now, Paul lists nine gifts here. Now, some Christians, if you, the, the expression spiritual gifts has come to mean these nine gifts that are mentioned in these verses. But I think there's good reasons to think, and this approach we're taking in this series actually, is that spiritual gifts are something much wider than that. This isn't a comprehensive list. In fact, even when we get to the end of chapter 12, Paul mentions some different ones in this context. It's better to think of them as examples of the many varied gifts that God gives through his Spirit. And Paul wants us to hold on to that. There's a great variety of gifts that God gives. Verses 4 to 6, he talks about the different kinds of gifts, service, working, but they all come from the one and the same Spirit. He gives them, he wants to use them to work through us in the church and in the world around us. And next week, Rich is going to be speaking about discovering your gifts, finding your role. So if you're wondering about that, don't worry, we will come to that as well. But for now, let's just look briefly at the gifts that are mentioned here and then one or two other ones. It's good to focus, I suppose, on these ones, just like in that Sam Storms book I mentioned, because these are the ones that are a little bit unusual, and most of them don't really have a sort of counterpart in kind of everyday life. You know, teaching, people think, well, I know what teaching is, you know, people teach um, all over the place, don't they? And even if it's, but in the church, okay, it's Bible teaching, it's, it's Christian teaching, but there's a similarity, I sort of get what teaching is, but some of these ones are a little bit less familiar. And even if you're, you've been a Christian for ages and you, you've heard of all of these, you're probably still going to be a bit more familiar with, them, with some of them than others. So, first of all, message of wisdom. Now, we all might say the odd wise thing from time to time. Um, but you know those people who, they are always saying such wise things. The kind of people you think, I'm going to go to them for advice. And when you speak to them, what they say just kind of gets through to the heart 
of the situation and they just know what to do. I think Rita, who uh, sadly has gone to be with the Lord now, I have her down as someone with a gift of wisdom. She always said such wise things. Certainly to me, I heard other people say that as well. It's, it's a, we really need wisdom. The Bible talks so many times about wisdom. It appears elsewhere in 1 Corinthians as well. We need wisdom. We need wisdom about how to live rightly, how to live life well. And, and these are just kind of helpful, I guess, as well, to say that you know, just because it's a gift from the Spirit doesn't mean it has to look supernatural and strange. Message of knowledge. Now, we've all got some knowledge of things. We all know people who know some good stuff. But this seems to be a special gift from God to speak about, you know, with knowledge about things. Now, it's worth saying that in churches, our sort of circle of churches, many churches like ours, the, the, the message of knowledge or sometimes the word of knowledge is used in a sort of technical way to refer to something which definitely happens where God reveals some information to someone that they couldn't have otherwise known about a person or a situation. And through that, then God works in that situation, that person may be to bring healing. And Sam Storms, in his book, he mentions an example of that. He was in a counseling session, and a couple of names popped into his head while he was counseling. He shared over the course of it, one of them the person mentioned, he knew, ah, that is, that is significant. He mentioned another name that really opened things up and unlocked the situation. And, and it's this idea that God can just bring special knowledge that sh- when it's shared can really help and change lives. Sometimes it happens in churches or when Christians gather and someone feels, actually, I've something like, you know, I feel that God is saying there's someone here who's, you've had an accident at work this week and you hurt your right knee, do come for prayer. God wants to work in your life. And you know, it turns out, wow, that really happened. I didn't know about that. And God works through that. Now, it's not to doubt that those things happen, but some Christians would say, actually, that is part of another gift called prophecy, which we'll come to in a minute. Other Christians, like Andrew Wilson, whose book I just mentioned, he would say, actually, knowledge, a bit like wisdom, could be, and, and it's worth saying that actually it doesn't say exactly what these things are. This is the only time these gifts are mentioned. So actually if we're too dogmatic and we say, no, this is definitely this, the Bible doesn't say. But often we do know maybe God has given a gift of knowledge. We know people who actually they have got so much helpful knowledge that God really uses in the church and in the world around to really get some good things done. It could be that as well. Well, what about this one, faith? Well, it's strange, isn't it, to talk about the gift of faith? Don't all Christians have faith? Isn't being a Christian about putting your faith, putting your trust in Jesus who died for you and rose again and trusting him with your life? Well, this has got to be something other than that. And I guess it's helpful to say that as we go through, we'll, we'll see that the Bible says that actually there's no Christian who's got all the gifts, And there's no gift that every Christian has either. And so it's not talking about just normal Christian faith. This is some kind of special, unusual trust, confidence in God. Maybe it's to believe him for big things. Maybe it's 
to believe God for impossible things, to keep on believing in something which they feel God has said or put on their heart that actually everyone else has given up thinking about and praying for, they're still on with it. Some of us know um, a guy called Martin from Southampton in our network of churches. He is a real man of faith. I'm sure he's got the gift of faith. He's just through sort of perseverance and really holding on to God and really believing in faith, um, he's seen all sorts of things come about. Land become available, money become available. They built this huge um, 1,500-seater church, one of the biggest ones, church building, one of the biggest ones in our kind of network of churches. And it just came about through many, many years of patiently trusting God, perhaps even when everyone else had, uh, was getting weary of it. Um, God put in his heart at one point that he was going to get involved. He travels all over the world as well, that he was going to get involved and help churches in Greenland. Now, Greenland, uh, I've certainly never been to Greenland. It's that sort of big-looking um, bit between sort of Canada and Iceland and Norway uh, on the map. And you think, what, what happens in Greenland? Well, God put it on his heart. And about basically 30 years, he was holding on to this for 30 years, believing, yes, I will go to Greenland, and God is going to use me there. And eventually it happened. It happened just a, just a few years ago. And indeed, some amazing things happened. As he met Christians there, as he got involved in churches, loads of people became Christians. And I've actually met some of the people, I've met some people from Greenland at one of Martin's conferences. Amazing faith. What about this one, healing? Is this a gift for doctors and nurses? Uh, God uses all kinds of means to heal people, doesn't he? Including hospitals and medicine. And generally also, the Bible does seem to say that all Christians can and should pray for one another to be healed. It says that in the book of James. It also says that people should call for the elders of the church to pray for them to be healed. But it seems also, perhaps beyond that, maybe it's a gift that God gives in the moment sometimes as well, God uses some particular people more frequently than others that when they pray for people, people are healed more often than not. But of course, it's God doing it. As with all these things, it's God working through these gifts. It's not them. It's not a reward for being a really good Christian that then God heals more people than someone else. It's a gift of God. We don't deserve them. Miraculous powers. Now, healing in response to prayer, definitely a miracle. This sounds like something wider than that. And again, it's a little bit difficult to define, but we've got examples on a number of these gifts. We've got examples, as we can see in, in the Bible. Acts 19, this is talking about Paul, who wrote 1 Corinthians. It says, God did extraordinary miracles through Paul. And in the early church, in the book of Acts, we see the way that miracles of all sorts, in all sorts of ways, including healing, often got the attention of people who weren't, Christians, who made them open to hearing the message of Jesus and to giving their lives to him. And so church, we believe that God still uses this gift and all these gifts we're mentioning. It's a really important thing. Many churches think, you know, and, and we respect that for, for different reasons from the Bible. They think actually some of these gifts don't operate anymore. We think they're very good reasons to think actually this, these continue. And so we want to believe God for all of these things to still be given today.
prophecy. It's a gift that's uh, it's going to come up uh, much more as we go through 1 Corinthians 12 to 14. We're going to have a whole week thinking about that in a couple of weeks' time. But basically, it's the ability to, to speak words from God that bring strengthening, comfort, and encouragement. That's all I'll say about that. For now, distinguishing between spirits. Again, it's one way. It's, it doesn't, exactly, doesn't say exactly what it is, but we see a little bit, bit of this going on as we read through the Bible. And perhaps what's going on here is that ability to just be able to detect, spiritually speaking, what is going on beneath the surface in a situation with a particular person. Maybe everyone else is saying, yeah, we should get involved in that project. We should appoint this person in the church. And someone is saying, actually, I'm just, let's just stop. Let's just think, I'm not sure everything is good under the surface with this thing that we're just about to get involved in, or even with this person and what they're doing. On the other hand, it could be actually something seems very ordinary and just mundane, and actually someone is able to say, no, there's something really significant about what this person is saying. God is at work through this and wants to do something amazing. Distinguishing between spirits. And then lastly, speaking in different kinds of tongues and interpretation of tongues. Tongues is just the word for languages, um, but it, I guess it's been retained in our English translations of the Bible because it's, it's, it's referring to a particular kind of speaking in languages. Excuse me. It's, um, <coughs> it's the ability to be able to speak to God in a language that you've never learned. Now, that might sound bonkers if uh, you've never heard of this, if you're new to church, but it's actually the Bible says, and we're going to see this, we're going to have a whole week thinking about this as well uh, later in the series. The Bible says it can be such a helpful thing when words run out to be able to continue to pray sort of from your spirit inside, speak to God in this sort of wonderful, mysterious Way, speaking a language you don't know, but there's a sense of connection with God. Paul also says that when this is done in a church meeting, and if you've been around in our church for a while, we, we, uh, you, you'll know kind of why we do this. Um, when someone speaks in and prays in another language, perhaps on the microphone or so loud that everyone can hear it, we, we want to wait for someone who's got another gift, the gift of interpretation, to be able to interpret that prayer so we can all benefit from what was said. As I say, we'll mention, we'll come back to that one uh, later in the series. So some of those gifts sound a bit out of the ordinary, but when we look more widely in the New Testament, there's many other gifts mentioned. Every time you get a list of gifts, you get some that appear in other lists, and you get other ones that are just in that list. Uh, end, of, end of chapter 12, we've got the gift of helping. It's a spiritual gift. It's just as important, just as spiritual, just as from the Holy Spirit, just as uh, important in God's service as others. The gift of being able to help people in a practical way. Maybe you've got that gift. Maybe that's the area of your gifts. Some people are especially good at spotting what is needed practically in order to help people. You've also got the gift of guidance, or it's sometimes called administration. And this seems to be a kind of, it was a word in Greek used as the person who's like piloting a ship. And it's, it's about sort of 
making things happen, I guess. Not just about moving paper around, but uh, about perhaps making projects happen and making the, turning the vision into reality. And just on in uh, Romans 12, verses 6 to 8, we've got a few more gifts that are mentioned. Just trying to give you a bit of a flavor, really, of the breadth of the different gifts that God gives. We've got prophesying appears there as well. Um, serving, a bit, bit like helping, but that's a different, different word, different thing. Teaching, encouraging, that is a gift. It is a gift. I don't know if you've ever been on the receiving end of it. I certainly have. Some people have got the gift of encouraging, strengthening, comforting and strengthening us, coming alongside us. Giving, giving financially, giving generously. That is a gift. Leading, leadership and showing mercy, helping those in need and having a heart for them. So there's something there of just the great range of gifts that God gives us through his Spirit. And you might say, well, actually, what about other ones? There are other gifts that we would say, yeah, that is clearly a gift. God clearly uses that in the church. Just because it's not mentioned specifically in the Bible, I don't think that matters because actually these are just illustrative. Leading worship, singing, musicians, kids workers, they're not mentioned specifically as spiritual gifts in the Bible, but undoubtedly we will say, yes, God gives these things and God uses them. Some gifts are more likely to be used as we gather on a Sunday. Other gifts are more likely to be used out in the community and the sort of stuff we do as a church during the week. I think just sort of takeaway at this stage is to say, first of all, are we thankful? Are we thankful? Do we recognize? Do we value the great range of gifts that God gives us? We'll be thinking a bit more next week about actually just getting it right in terms of not valuing some gifts more than others, not valuing some people with some gifts more than others. We should be thankful. We should be encouraged when we see people serving with their gifts, whatever it might be. And we should be amazed and thankful that God wants to use us at all in any sort of big or small or up front or behind the scenes kind of way. It's so amazing that God uses us to do his work in the world. And as I said earlier, we need to be open. We need to be open if we're not already saying, God, I want to be used by you. What gifts have you given me? What gifts do you want me to grow in? Is there any new gifts you want me to give to, to use and to grow in? Are you repositioning me at this stage of life to a new way of serving, even though I can't do everything that I used to do? Well, just secondly, and a bit briefer, what are the gifts for? Two main things, Paul says in this passage, the gifts are for, firstly, to promote Jesus. Back to uh, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 3. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. It's one of those parts of 1 Corinthians, which I mentioned. Paul wants to correct their thinking about the Spirit and what being spiritual looks like. It seems that there were Christians in Corinth who thought that the more supernatural the gift uh, appeared to be, the more spiritual it was, particularly speaking gifts, and in fact, particularly this speaking in other languages, in tongues. 
And Paul goes to great lengths to effectively say they are all equally spiritual. The real test of if the Holy Spirit is behind something is this. Does it promote Jesus? Does it acknowledge Jesus as Lord? However, however spiritual or religious seeming someone's speaking is, if they speak against Jesus, it is not from the Holy Spirit. On the other hand, if someone says and means Jesus is Lord, Jesus rules and reigns over all, he is my Lord, I'm submitting my life to him, that is the sign of the work of the Spirit, the work of the Spirit in a person. In fact, that's the greatest miracle that can happen when someone says, Jesus, you are Lord, I trust in you, I want to be a Christian. And if the Spirit loves to promote Jesus as Lord, then it must tell us something about gifts of the Spirit. They will be ultimately about promoting Jesus, carrying out Jesus' agenda. They will do the kinds of things that Jesus would want doing in the world, the way that Jesus would want them doing as well. Are you aiming to serve with your gifts in a way that promotes and honors and submits to Jesus? These gifts are not so we can look good. They are so Jesus can look good and be lifted up. So spiritual gifts promote Jesus. And spiritual gifts are for the common good. Back to that verse I mentioned earlier, verse 7. Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Spiritual gifts, in a sense, are not for us. They are for others, or at least they're for all of us together. On in chapter 14, verse 12, since you are eager for gifts of the Spirit, try to excel in those that build up the church. Spiritual gifts are, are given so that the church might grow and others might be blessed and built up and other people's needs might be met and they're to be used with love. Now, I trust I've got some sort of teaching gift. Someone's recognized I've got some teaching gift that I'm up here preaching uh, this morning, also worth saying that just because you've got a gift, it doesn't mean it operates at the same level as someone else's. You think, well, I'm not as good at preaching as someone else. I can't have the gift of teaching. No, you have. It's just at a different level. But imagine I started using my teaching gift to sort of stand up here and talk to you, you know, spend half an hour talking about all the things that I'm interested in and what I've been doing this past week. Some of you might be a bit interested. Uh, most of you might not be. But that's not what it's for, is it? And I guess every time I come to teach and preach, I've got to think, how is what I'm saying? How is it serving God's agenda? How is it lifting up Jesus? How is it for the benefit of others? I hope, I hope it is. But we've got, to, we've got to think through this thing of actually, my gift is not just for me. It is to serve others. Now, we had a birthday in our family this past week. And uh, the classic thing, box of chocolates. This person opened a box of chocolates. And you know what it's like when someone opens uh, the gift of a, a box of chocolates? People start to get a bit interested, don't they, in this gift. You know, the socks and whatever it is, you know, not so interesting. But uh, uh, I've not seen those before. And uh, uh, what's, uh, what flavors are they? Oh, um, how many layers? Has it, has it got? Has it got one of those little, little, little cards in it? Little sort of the, whatever you call it, the menu, the map, uh, tells you what the different uh, 
chocolates are. It's basically, come on, get them open. They're for all of us. They're a gift to share. We all know that, don't we? Um, and that's what spiritual gifts are like. They're like a box of chocolates. They have been given to us to share. Spiritual gifts are gifts from God to share with others, to benefit others for the common good, to bring God's grace into their lives. So as we begin this series, I'll say it again, let's, let's come with open minds and hearts. For some of us, some of this stuff, maybe all of this stuff will be new. For some of us, it will be things that we've thought about many times. Maybe for some of us, we might think, well, actually, I, I, I've been disappointed in the past with how things have worked with spiritual gifts. Or maybe I'm afraid. If we start eagerly desiring spiritual gifts, maybe God will give me a gift that I don't like, and I don't like using it, and I don't really want it. No, God is good. God is good. These are gifts. God gives. He knows how to give good gifts to his children. That's what Jesus said, isn't it? He knows what he's doing. He'll not just give us the gift, but the ability, the capacity to be able to use it in the way that he wants us to. So I think it'd be just great if we just took a moment now to just pause and just come before God. If, if this doesn't make any sense to you, just, just take a moment to uh, catch your breath. But if it does, let's just take a moment to sort of pray quietly in the silence and just to open our hearts to God and to say maybe something along the lines of, God, I want to be open to you. Whatever experiences I've had of spiritual gifts in the past, all of it or none at all, I just want to come open to you. Thank you that you're good. Thank you that you give good gifts to your children, to your church. Thank you that you want to use me. And maybe just speak to God about anything that's just on your heart in this whole area. And I'll, I'll pray at the end. Lord, thank you that you want us to live with purpose Lord you want to do good things through us in the church, through the church in the world and community around us, Lord you want us to see lives changed by the love of Jesus, I pray Lord God help us to be open to what you want to do in our lives, Lord whatever our experience has been in the past Lord thank you that you're good, thank you that we can trust you in this area And I pray that, Lord, help us to stay open, help us to learn and hear from you and and really receive from you. May our church, our lives and our church be changed as we look at this series um, over the next uh, couple of months. Please do great things through it, through your word in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.